Hello there, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman, and you're listening to Exploring Different Brains. Hi, welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman, and today we have the privilege of speaking with Peggy Kutas. And what she does is she makes travel extraordinary. And she's got a company called Atypical Educational Travel. Welcome, Peggy. Uh, thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our DifferentBrains.com audience here? Uh, well, as you said, my name is Peggy Kutas. I am the founder of Atypical Educational Travel. Um, what we do basically is provide these extraordinary experiences for adults with diverse abilities, 18 and up, um, it is more than just going on vacation, which is, is good uh, just as it is. But the intention is to make it a transformative um, experience for individuals who um, are just kind of uh, branching into adulthood and in that transition period of their life. Okay, so what what types of different kinds of brains would you say have you included in your travel? Well, um, if you're talking about sort of um, that old disability category, I don't have any specific people that um, I include or exclude. The focus of uh, the, the individuals who go on my trip is all about what they're passionate about. Are you passionate about making friends? Are you passionate about exploring the world? Um, that's our primary focus. My background is education, so I kind of have experience with um, every different type of um, individual and the challenges that they might present. Um, the key is the individual's uh, passion for life and desire to grow and learn. You know, that's a very interesting segue for me a bit because what we try to promote is that everybody should have the opportunity to try to pursue their passion and figure out how to make a living at it. And they might need some help, they might not. I think as a society, we spend so much time saying what you can't do or you have to be like everybody else instead of saying, hey, what do you want to do? Well, you might have somebody who loves hiking, who wants to travel. You might have someone who wants to make friends. You might have someone who wants to explore the jungle. So what you're saying is that you and your company, you really tailor it to the individual. I, exactly. Um, this all developed by um, my students when I was teaching in high school. Um, they were excluded repeatedly. Uh, groups would go off for spring break trips and, and long field trips with overnight experiences. And my students, time and again, were excluded from those things, um, regardless of whether they had the passion and the ability to do it, simply because somewhere along the line, some doctor or some teacher had put them in a particular category, and it had nothing to do with their ability to um, have a great experience and have that experience change um, their thought processes and their sense of self. Yet the individuals who had bullied my students, well, they were free to go on the trip. So there, there was a lot of um, frustration 
that I felt along with those students. And, and that was the original intention of developing the company. Well, you know, that's great. I think teachers and educators are probably the most undervalued, important members of our society. Why don't you say right now at the front end, the name of the agency, how people get a hold of you, your website, your phone number. Perfect. The, the name of the company is Atypical Educational Travel. I can be found at www.atypicaltravel.org. And my phone number is 239-699-4524. People can call. They can text me. Everything, um, you know, works with sort of the... The younger generation, if they want to send me a text and ask me a question, that works great for me. Well, we're talking with Peggy Kudas here, who is very humble. She didn't mention, by the way, in her educational background. I think you have a little thing called a PhD there. Tell us about your educational background and experience. Well, I will tell you that I'm this close to the PhD, um, but my undergrad is in special education. My master's is in teacher leadership. And then um, when I finish the PhD, it'll be in adult education. So um, this is very much in line, what I'm doing with atypical travel is in line with um, my doctoral focus, uh, which is on transformative learning. Now, it's my understanding you had the rare privilege of meeting our very own Charlie Lafferty and Matt Ryan at an event. Tell us the impressions that Matt and Charlie made on you. Well, um, I actually, I was impressed with the fact that they were absolutely go-getters. They did a great job understanding that not every, not every person needs the same thing. Um, and they did a great job with that. It reminded me a lot of um, my very first employee, Daniel, um, who is a former student of mine at um, a program called uh, Elmhurst Learning and Su Success Academy up in the Chicago area. Um, he was my student for four years, and when I needed to have sort of a community outreach person, because I'm here in Florida, and um, a lot of the uh, travelers that I have are coming from the Chicago area, um, I decided to hire um, Daniel as my first employee. That's one of our goals at Atypical Travel is to have every employee sort of be in that diversibilities category. And um, it's been wonderful. And, and I saw a lot um, in your gentleman uh, that was similar to Daniel. Well, you know, remind me, because I want to introduce you to a couple of great uh, uh, programs they're having. Uh, uh, my friends at Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, um, Bill Baumgartner, who's a, uh, a senior vice president there, used to be uh, like my admiral in charge of the Coast Guard down here and everything, is a great guy, and they have some programs there. And... Um, uh, also, Carnival is uh, getting into it. Bernie Dillon and his people there. Um, so, I forget. Make sure we. If you, you probably already know of their program. Well, the cruise line actually in in um, you know sort of doing the homework to uh, discover the viability of starting a business like this. 
Um, you know, because much of it is new. I, 30 years in um, the disability field, 15 of it in teaching, to take teaching completely outside of the classroom and start something that's done in conjunction with the travel. There was a, a lot of homework that went into it. And I was really pleased with what I discovered about the cruise industry in general. They have gone far beyond this um, compliance. We need to do certain things to be in compliance with ADD or ADA regulations. And they saw um, individuals with different challenges, um, different diverse abilities, not just as something that, oh, well, we have to do this because we've been told to. They saw it as an opportunity to include those individuals and their families in the wonderful cruise industry. So they've really gone above and beyond. Now, what advice would you have for our viewers and listeners and readers um, who are thinking about traveling and might have certain trepidation because of previous experiences, aside from the fact that they, they should get a hold of you, what's a big takeaway they can take away from this regarding travel for the person whose brain might be a little bit different? Well, I, you know, I deal with um, individuals who are ready to travel semi-independently. These are people that, um, it, you know, they love their families, but how many 25-year-olds want to always go on vacation with their family? Um, so this provides sort of a safety net for those individuals as well as a level of comfort for their families. But I would tell anyone, if you're traveling with a um, seven-year-old and they're dealing with, um, you know, some different brain functions, um, that that is a learning experience for them. It's not just vacation. Um, encouraging them to do things that they wouldn't do in their day-to-day -day life uh, can be kind of scary. And having people who care about you around during that time, that extends far beyond that vacation experience. Um, if, if they can be reminded, you know, you were really scared when we did this, when we were on vacation. And if you could make, do that, you can do this um, thing that you're scared about at school or when you're going out to do a job interview. Um, the, the experience can be transformational if people intentionally um, have discussions about those scary yet successful experiences and provide opportunities to reflect on those experiences. Very well said. How do you feel society is moving right now in terms of neurodiversity? What is your subjective feeling? You're over there at Marco Island. Right. I am. Oh, lucky you. It's beautiful. Over there, we're lighting out a little spot in Florida. Over there, out in the West Coast. Nice. Um, how do you see it? How do you see things moving in society regarding uh, neurodiversity, Peggy? Well, um, I, I think that everybody is moving in the right direction. I see a lot more of understanding and acceptance um, when I first started out uh, in the Chicago area, 
I was working at a, um, a group home, sort of your typical group home. And um, I was primary uh, assistant to an individual with autism, uh, nonverbal, and it was wonderful. Um, I had a great experience. Um, I think he had a great experience, or at least I hope so, seemed like it. Um, but at that time in the uh, 80s, when I told people what I did and said I worked with somebody who had autism, I had to then explain what autism was. Um, that's no longer the case, but I think um, though everybody has heard the term autism, there is still a misunderstanding of what that means. And um, I think it's important that we have discussions like this where we talk about how, yes, autism comes with certain challenges for that individual and for his family often, um, but it also means that there are parts of, of their brain that are just spectacular. And they are so fun and interesting that if people just take the time to get to know another person as an individual, just like you would if you if you went out someplace, uh, let's say you you go out to happy hour and you talk to the people around you, um, you get to know them as people, and you're not uh, instantly thinking that they have this label that's been put on them. Um, I think if we sort of forget about the terms that the medical community uses and think more about just getting to know the people, then that idea that we're, we all bring certain benefits um, to society and can be valued for them, uh, I think the world will be a better place. And it's moving towards that. It's just moving at different speeds in different regions. Well, that's very well said, very well said. How did you first get into serving and trying to provide services for, in general? Like, you, you've been a teacher, um, you've had a great educational background, now you're into atypical educational travel. Um, how did you first get into all that? How did I first get into the disability field, or how did I get into the um, doing that educational adventure? The educational. How did you get into the educational, which led to the intellectually disabled field? Um, well, I, I started out actually when I was 15 years old, long long time ago, um, and well. When it comes down to it, I got in trouble. I got in trouble in school. I suppose if I was lived in a different age, uh, I probably would have been considered um, having a be behavior disorder. I was not uh, the easiest student to have in class. And um, at a time when you didn't get, like community projects were not part of the graduation requirement, I was given an assignment by the dean of, of my high school to do community service because I was uh, I had gotten in trouble. And just by chance, I picked Special Olympics uh, because 
I didn't have to wake up early for it. And it was close to my house. And I fell in love with it. It was a place where everybody was having a good time. Everybody was accepted for who they are. They didn't care what you looked like, what clothes you wore. Um, and um, I really have never left the field since the very first experience. Um, that has evolved over the years to going into education. Um, I've taught middle school, I taught high school, um, public and private schools, therapeutic schools, um, and then went into um, post-secondary education. Great story. That's my favorite part of the whole interview. <laughs> because, you know, in, when I was presenting out at the World Autism Conference in Tucson uh, the year before and, and uh, listening to Temple Grandin uh, say how one teacher changed her whole life. And here, one educator changed your life by the proper form of punishment, which in my Aspertool's book, in the chapter on rules, rewards, and consequences, I say, you know, you have to choose your consequences very carefully. You want it to have a positive effect, same as you want rewards to be something the individual likes, not something you like, necessarily. But there was an excellent case of that individual who assigned you community service to the Special Olympics instead of just making you sit in a room and write your name a million times. Uh, and, and I remember my feeling that you described so well when I, I was lucky enough to give a keynote with Tim Shriver at the Special Olympics at the AADMD out in, uh, out in L.A. last summer. And I have to say that experience was amazing to be at those medical tents and see everyone, as you said, everybody's happy, everybody's upbeat, everybody's helping each other. With my hearing aids, I saw the the individuals for the first time in their lives at the medical tents get tested for hearing and actually fitted with hearing aids, glasses. And as I said to Tim Shriver, I didn't know until now that the Special Olympics was just a front to deliver great health care to 100 different countries. It was very uplifting. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that um, you could never discount what one person or one experience can have as far as an impact in another, another person's lives. And so that should be something that you should con uh, consciously be aware of because you not only can have a positive impact on someone, you can also have a negative impact. So, um, you know, trying to do your best to um, be that positive person, uh, whether it be smiling at the toll booth operator when you pay your toll or, um, you know, saying hello to somebody in the grocery line or creating something much larger um, like atypical travel, like different brains. Um, the, the goal is always to have that positive impact and have other people have those transformational experiences just like someone else did for me. Well, listen, Peggy, it's great to meet you, and I'm so glad that you, when you were 15, 10 years ago, that you had that experience that got you into all this. I think it's great. I thank you. Thank you for having me. For more information, visit us at 
differentbrains.com.